Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. So I'm wondering if maybe some of you, like me, when I was a kid, my parents uh, took me to one of those um, places that you go underground and there's all these um, formations and in the middle of all that, what they do is they turn off the lights. Anybody remember that? And there's this moment of panic because there's so little light. Well, a couple of years ago, um, some scientists developed, uh, I don't even know if you know this, they, inve- they invented this, this substance and here's, the, here's what they call it. They call it uh, uh, Vanta Black. And it's made, this, this cracks me up, it's made out of carbon nanotubes. Every, t- every time I say that, I want to go like that, but y'all don't, some of y'all don't know. Some, some of y'all not enough. So, so they, uh, it's the, the darkest, blackest substance on earth. In fact, this is what they said about it. They, says, uh, they say anything that's covered with it looks like a tiny black hole. And so they, they've uh, been studying it, and they believe that if you were locked in a room completely covered in Vanta Black, there are some interesting things that would take place. They said, number one, over a period of time, you would begin to hallucinate scary monsters lurking in the corners, and that you would begin to think that you're seeing eyes looking at you out of the darkness. They said they believe that you would probably have a real high possibility that you would begin to be very, very anxious because you're just looking at all this empty space and you would, you would feel like you're standing on the edge of uh, uh, an extremely deep, dark black hole. Then they said this. They said you would have difficulty maintaining your equilibrium because there are no visual cues. So it's complete darkness. They predict that if you stayed in this room long enough, as a result of lack of light, you would literally go insane. Isaiah prophesied 700 years before Jesus was ever born. Isaiah's on the scene and he's looking at the the, the people of Israel around him and he begins to describe what they're living through. Um, And and I want you to see, it sounds sounds like what the scientists were talking about a little bit. In Isaiah chapter eight, verse 21 and verse 22, it says this, distressed and hungry, they will roam through the land where they are, when they are famished, they will become enraged and they looking upward will curse their king and their God. Then they will look toward the earth and they'll see only distress and darkness and fearful gloom and they will be thrust into utter darkness. One version says this at the end. It says they will feel like they're on the edge of a dark hole. I I, I don't know. Uh, I I just started thinking about it. The the reason that the children of Israel found themselves in that condition was simply this. They, They lacked light. Why did they lack light? It was because uh, their darkness was produced by disobedience and, 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 and the result of that disobedience was absolutely disastrous in their life. Uh, that the condition that the Israelites found themselves in sounds like someone who's been locked in a room painted in Vanta Black. It does. It says they were, uh, they were distressed. They were raving. They were mad. They were roaming in meaninglessness. And Isaiah says the reason they're that way is simply because they lacked light. I would submit to you this morning that that sounds like some of us who walked in here today. 
Uh, your, your mind is spinning out of control. You're overcome with worry and fear. Uh, your heart is filled with brokenness and with anxiety. You don't seem to have any balance in life. Uh, you're teetering on disaster. You're wandering through life angry and with no, with no meaning. And, and I would submit to you that that's a result of no light. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't stop there, though, because Isaiah goes on and he prophesies good news because in chapter 9, in verse 2, he makes this statement. Okay, now stay with me now. He's gone from chapter 8. Now we're in chapter 9, just a few verses later. And in verse 2, he makes this statement. He says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land uh, of deep darkness. A light has dawned. And so I had to stop and say, wait a minute. Isaiah, you're talking about all these people that are struggling in darkness. And now just a few verses later, you're saying that a light has dawned. How do people go from complete and utter darkness where they're roaming and they're mad and they're anxious, and now all of a sudden you're saying there's a great light? What, what happened here? What, what, what must have taken place? And what you discover is that Isaiah goes on in chapter 9, verse 6, and 700 years before Jesus was born, he makes this famous statement. He says, unto us a child is given unto us a child is born. And of course, we know he was talking about Jesus. So in other words, God realizing that his people had been kept in the dark way too long and also realizing that in and of our own uh, devices, our own attempts, our own tries, our own methods, we will never be able to produce light. So God interjects into the story and all of a sudden he sends his son, Jesus. He literally, check this out, sins light into our darkness. That's why in uh, John chapter 8, verse 12, it was on the screen in the, in the video. That's why Jesus declares about himself. He makes this statement. He says, I am the light of the world. So if you follow me, you won't be stumbling through the darkness for living light will flood your path. So the only solution this morning, the only way to get out of darkness is this. Here it is in a nutshell. You must find living light that becomes light for living. Jesus is that light. Here's the real challenge. Here's the crux of the matter. John comes alone and he knew that we would have this tendency, even though Jesus has come, John recognizes that we are going to have this tendency to choose darkness over light. In fact, in, um, he describes the condition of the day that we live in and maybe the condition that some of you in this room are in. Because in John chapter 3, he makes this statement. He says the judgment is based on this fact. Listen to this. God's light came into the world, but people love the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. All who do, do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. So John is telling us this, right, this truth right here. He's telling us that the issue is not lack of light. Light has been made available. John clearly states this fact. Light has come. So the real issue, the real challenge that we're faced with this morning is John is making it clear that we have a choice to make. We have to choose darkness or light. We must make an, uh, this, this, come to this place in our own life where we go, you know what? I'm tired of walking around stumbling into heartache and stumbling into pain and stumbling into addiction and stumbling into brokenness and stumbling into destruction. So I, I come to this moment in my life where I 
recognize that all by myself, I can't have any light, but I can turn and choose light because light has come. So we can't live like we're in the dark. We can, but it's a choice. We have a choice. Light has come. The question this morning is simply is this. Have you accepted the light. Have you allowed the light of Jesus to invade the darkness of my soul? Some of you are sitting in here going, well, Pastor Steve, you don't recognize, you just don't understand. You don't really know me. You don't know how dark my soul really is. And what I came with this morning is good news to tell you that that, 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 that doesn't really matter how dark your soul or your condition may be right now because my darkness does not diminish his light. But his light the light can diminish the darkness of my soul. Isn't that true? One candle in a completely blacked out room provides light and changes the atmosphere, the condition, the environment of the whole room. That's what Jesus does. When we ask him into our heart, when we submit our life to him, he has the ability, the power, the authority, the capacity to diminish and drive out all the darkness in our life. So, so if you don't know him, then the bad news is you're probably stumbling about walking through life with no meaning, bumping into things that you shouldn't be bumping into. But the good news this morning is that if you invite Jesus to come in, then all of a sudden you have this encounter with light that dispels and destroys darkness. So you invite him to invade your life. You invite him in. You literally turn the light on. You choose the light. Light has come. Light has come. So we must embrace that light so that we come to this place like Samuel did where Samuel said in 2 Samuel chapter 22, verse 29, he says, you, Lord, are my light. You dispel my darkness. So Samuel's literally teaching us in that moment that the way that we move out of darkness into the light that has come is we approach Jesus according to the gospel. We approach Jesus and we say to him, listen, I need you to invade my life. I need you to come into my life. I need you to dispel the darkness of my life. And Jesus drives it all out and brings light. So we must choose light. Light has come. Light is here. The question is, will you choose light or dark? I want to challenge you this morning. If you have not made a decision to follow Jesus, this is your opportunity. All that we've done this morning, all that we've done in preparation, all the prayers, many of you don't even know this, but people in this room have been praying for this moment right now, that in this, this simple moment, we, there would be a, a, an exchange that takes place where the darkness of our life is laid down and light that's made available comes in. And we want to give you that opportunity. I want everyone that will to bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment, no one looking around. We just want to simply give you this invitation. If you don't know Jesus, then you haven't experienced light, but light has come. And if you're here this morning, we will not embarrass you. We simply want to be positioned to pray intelligently with you and for you. If you're here this morning and you would like to invite the light of Jesus into your heart, would you simply just raise your hand and you can pull it right back down? We will not embarrass you. I need the light of Jesus. I walked in here stumbling in darkness, but I need the light of Jesus. Is there one that would raise their hand in this moment and say, I need him? Anyone, anyone, all those watching online as well. So Jesus, you know our condition, you know our heart, you know our life.
Many of us walked into this room in darkness. We smile, we fake it, we act like we know, but the truth is we're bumping into things we should not bump into. I pray this morning that you would allow us to embrace the light of Jesus so that we can come into contact with you and so that your light will drive out and dispel the darkness of our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Everyone that prayed that prayer, welcome to the light side. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the family. So Isaiah goes on though, um, just, just, a, just a moment longer. Let me just tell you, because those of you that already have embraced the light, there's stuff for us to do too. Uh, in fact, the Bible says, Isaiah says this in chapter 60, verse one and through three. Listen to what he says, the, the change in the people of Israel. He says, arise my people, let your light shine for all the nations to see. For the glory of the Lord is streaming from you. Darkness as black as night shall cover all the peoples of the earth, but the glory of the Lord will shine from you. All nations will come to your light. Mighty kings will come to see the glory of the Lord upon you. That's why Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, he reiterates this force. He, he, he talks about this fact. He says, you are the light of the world. You're the world's light. You think, well, is he talking about himself? No, he's talking about us. He says, you're the world's light, a city on a hill, glowing in the night for all to see. So in other words, during this Christmas season, the, where everything around us seems to be in total darkness, where, where it seems like it's a dark day, Jesus is reminding us, we need to remember this during Christmas, that we are called to be the light distribution system for him. Jesus makes it clear. He literally tells us that light is supposed to get brighter against the backdrop of increased darkness. He declares that people, listen to this, will come to us for light. That's what they'll do. The light of Jesus, I'm just telling you this morning, the light of Jesus does not fade. History has tried to cause the light of Jesus to fade and it has refused to fade. A uh, 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 government would try to cause the light of Jesus to fade. They can't pull it off. Science would try to explain away the light of Jesus. They cannot pull it off. And the reason is, is his, is his light is growing in intensity, intensity because those of us that have relationship with him are allowing the light to shine out of us. So here, here's the deal. The only way that the light of Jesus would ever fade is if those that have the light of Jesus cover it up. So I have a question for you this morning. It's an important question. I'm, talk, I'm not talking to you if you, don't, if you haven't encountered Jesus yet. I'm talking to those of you that, haven't met, that are, have already met Jesus, that have invited him into your life. Here's the question. Here's the crux of the matter at Christmas. How lit are you? Yeah. yeah. How lit are you? Here's my question. Can anyone see him in you? Does anyone meet him when they meet you? Did you know that the speed of light is 877,193 times faster than the speed of sound? Say that again. The speed of light is 877,000 times faster than the speed of sound. So what I wanna submit to you this morning is simply this. Maybe in this Christmas season, they don't need to hear us as much as they see us. 
see the light of Jesus shining so brightly in our lives that it dispels and drives out the darkness, not only in us, but in those around us. May we live up to Jesus' claim about us. He says we are the light of the world. Jesus in us should be unfading. Shine brighter in us, O Lord, this Christmas season, we ask in Jesus' name. For a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, verse 6. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.